0: Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast by Lifeway. I'm Ben Trueblood. Today, alongside producer Nathan. What's up? How's it going? It's good, man. And the one and only Mr. Chad Higgins.
1: What is up?
0: So today, uh, we've got a great episode ahead for you. I'm super excited to get into it because it's a fun season around here on the LifeWay students team. And we'll get into some of the reasons why here in just a little while. But before we do, take a second to leave a rating and review. We would love it. We like to hear what you think of the podcast. It helps make us better. And it helps other people find the podcast when they search for student ministry podcasts. So... We have this podcast and we've been out a little bit because of some travel and fun things that are going, have been going on around the Lifeway students team. Some of you that have listened to the podcast before, you have heard and know our guest today, Chad Higgins. But by way of brief introduction, if you don't know Chad Chad serves as the parent ministry specialist on our team here at Lifeway Students and is working on some really cool stuff. This is the teaser for what's to come. Some really cool stuff with parent ministry and helping you, the youth pastor, install parent ministry into your church. So we're excited to talk about that at a later date. Yes. Chad is also part of... The initial founders of Youth Ministry Booster. So, he and Zach Workin uh, founded Youth Ministry Booster, and Youth Ministry Booster has since then become a part of Lifeway Students, and now we all do it together. But Chad was one of the founding fathers, so to speak, of Youth Ministry Booster. I'm like
1: George Washington of Booster. That's right. That's right. Mainly just with the knickers, Ben, is what I need (laughs) you to know. Like, knickers and then powdered wig wig was... Um, what Zach and I were wearing when we when we started Booster so puffy shirt <laughs> sometimes uh, Tuesdays was puffy <laughs> shirt day was that's normally when that came out but that's right Boosters kind of ha- evolved over the years as well and man w- we're so excited about uh, coming into season four as well which yeah. is really really exciting
0: yeah so this season uh, and we're gonna talk about Booster today and we really. Man, this is one of the things that I think I would put it in the essential category for student ministry leaders, student pastors. It is something that I wish I had as a student pastor, and I want us to spend some time just kind of getting into what Youth Ministry Booster is. The theme this year is kind of this throwback 90s theme, which if you were... Uh, if you grew up in that time or are familiar with that time, it's all things saved by the bell mm-hmm. and it was a great, it was a great time to be alive. Some of you, it seems like f- some of you that are listening to this and the nineties feel like a really far away place because <laughs> you, you, you were born in like 2010, right? maybe now the 12 year olds don't listen <laughs> to this. My math just failed me, but some of you are like, I don't even know what the nineties are. But that's okay. We're gonna introduce you to them.
1: It is wild. Like it feels like the '90s were yesterday, but it's over twenty years ago, right? Like yeah. I can remember. I can remember the end of the '90s really well. Um, I was starting high school at the time, and it's wild to think back that the same time frame that we're looking at now of the late nineties would have been what I was thinking about of the late seventies. And that felt like forever ago then. Right. And so, yeah,
0: man, Kristen and I were talking the other night and we were talking about how much technology has advanced just si- like I graduated high school in 1996 and how much technology has advanced just since then. Yeah. Like, in the last 20 years, 25 years, it has exploded. Like, when I graduated high school, we did not, like, AOL Instant Messenger was a thing. We didn't have, really, cell phones, pagers were making their announcement onto the scene. Like, it was not... The way it is now yeah computer in your pocket
1: like i'm not gonna dog anybody right i mean they were trying to survive at the time but let's just be honest like what were the people doing before like 1900 <laughs> like if you think about like the advancement from like 1900 to now 120 years it's unreal there a uh, hundred years ago people were riding horses right you know what i mean like and now like we're all over the place i have a computer in my pocket like what were people doing before like 1900 like their big advancement was we no longer use a bronze sword and we have a steel sword like that's like radical tech technology chain back then yeah let's be
0: honest you pulled that reference straight out of age of empires didn't you what does that mean And they, another yeah. nin- 90s video game <laughs> age of empires I, I,
1: I didn't play it
0: Okay. Well, you, adv- you advance. That's how you advance from bronze to anyway. <laughs> so like my dad was born in 1929. He's, he's 93 years old. Wow. And his family moved from Indiana to New Mexico in like covered wagon.
1: That's wild.
0: That's, <laughs> that's how they got there. And I'll tell you what they did a long time ago. He has stories of how his rancher uncle, would let would like get him and the cousins to run out into the field and he would practice roping by riding the horse and chasing them down and roping them. So that's what they did back then. They didn't they didn't have computers. And so they were uh, they were practice animals for ranch hands as they worked on their roping.
1: I door dash tacos for lunch. (laughs) (laughs) I I want you to know that like that. That's the difference of our life. I wasn't willing to get in my gas powered vehicle (laughs) and drive four streets over. No. No,
0: I want to hear. So, in the uh, in the vein of throwing back, and the real the real heart of this season of youth ministry booster is is not let's recall all of these great things from the past. Right. Even though that is a a fun part of it, it is a. Let's return to the core things of student ministry. Exactly.
1: And not like, just not not like the core things of like 90s student ministry. I want people to hear that, right? This, correct. This yeah. is not like, hey, let's re- reinvigorate lock-ins, right? And <laughs> ski trips. You guys want to do some of those, right? Dude, like I'll go on a ski trip right now. The minute I said it, I was like, that dude, I'm down. <laughs> Uh, Right. But it's yeah, it's
0: not 90s ministry. It is identifying like sometimes we get distracted by all of the frills and stuff of student ministry. But like, let's return to the pillars of what student ministry is. If we were going to use a sports analogy, it's the blocking and tackling. It's answering the question, what are the fundamentals of student ministry and how can a focus on those? really maximize the effectiveness of what you're doing. And I love that theme because I think that's a lot of the stuff that we talk about with, with our training, with Lifeway students, with yep. our Essentials Roadshow. A lot of those kind of things are just saying like, hey, student ministry works and it's valuable for students, for their families, for the church. And maybe sometimes, maybe a lot of times we overcomplicate right. what it has to be.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so so this,
0: that's where we're headed.
1: Yeah, each each month we're going to be hitting one of those important themes. I mean, we have everything from, I mean, we're kicking it off with like worship. I don't want to give too much of this away, but like worship, we're going to hit the word, Sabbath, image, a lot of these kind of things, building relationships. And one of the elements that we always want to have inside of Booster, uh, along with our Mastermind, which if you're not familiar with Mastermind, and what we do is we try to place youth pastors uh, in groups. Groups of uh, eight to ten other youth pastors that are um, in similar contexts as they are, led by one of our leaders that we train and trust, um, and then they're going to walk through each of these monthly themes um, with two big areas that they talk about. One, a growth initiative that we talk about, these practical training elements specifically for the youth pastor. And so there's a collaboration element. You're going to learn from other people what they're doing, uh, get to share as well. Um, There's a hot seat element. So every month, one person out of that group is put on the hot seat element. They get to come with their specific thing that they're maybe working on or looking for ideas in. And so everybody in the group kind of focuses in on them that month, and then there's a soul care element. Um, And so, that is specifically designed. um, One of the things that Zach and I say is we try to ask hard questions to get below the surface. Mm. Um, It's really easy for us as ministers um, to always put on the hat for everyone else. And when we're asked these questions, it's real easy. And you can call it lying or whatever, or just maybe brushing it under the rug. It's really easy to just be like, no, no, it's fine. But we want to ask specific questions of, of digging down a little bit deeper. And so um, as we talk about m- maybe like worship on the front end of like, hey, what are these, what's that look like in your student ministry? What are elements and ways that you're doing that? On the back end, being able to ask to that student pastor, you know, what are specific ways or what are things that are standing in the way of you authentically worshiping week in and week out? And so really getting to like dig in, dive in, examine our own heart. And more than anything, the thing that we want youth pastors to walk away from in those meetings, even if they're not comfortable sharing, is a time of reflection for themselves. Yeah. Um, It should be more than once a month, but even if it's just once a month of you stopping taking an inventory of yourself and going, hey, how am I really? How's my relationship with the Lord? How's my relationship with my spouse, my family, those kind of things? Because if we're not healthy, we will never lead ministries that are.
0: Yeah. Man, that's so true. That last statement is like the kicker, right? If if we're not healthy, we're never going to lead ministries that are. And even beyond that, like we want student pastors that are listening to this. We want you to to lead healthy ministry. Right. But the heartbeat of of what we're trying to do with Booster and building this network of, of youth pastors that are connected together is that we want you to be a healthy person. Yep. We want you not – Yes, so that you can lead a healthy ministry, but not just not that as like the end goal, but so that there's longevity and so that there is healthy relationships between you and your family and whatever context that looks like or you and your friendships and you and the Lord. Hmm. Like we really do care about you as a person before you as a pastor. And I, and and that's at the very heartbeat of this. Yeah, And yes, like we, you know, there are going to be skills and tactical training and development and you'll have a a space to be able to bounce ideas off of other youth pastors and hear what they're doing but the real heart of it is we care about you and we want to help put you in a place where you can be asked and ask the hard questions so that together you can grow into the person that god has designed you to to be as a leader and and as a person. And so, Chad, I would love to go back and just kind of start at the beginning since it's kind of like retro throwback, even though Youth Ministry Booster didn't begin in the 90s. I want I want you to kind of take us back to when you and Zach first had the conversation like, hey, what if we did this for youth pastors Mm. and kind of give kind of give listeners who are familiar with youth ministry booster and have been a part of it for coming on four seasons now a refresher course and for those that are brand new to it help us help us see the the initial seed of this
1: yeah so um Zach and I were both youth pastors in Oklahoma. Um, we were asked by uh, Oklahoma State Convention, uh, the leadership there. There was a big initiative at the time in Oklahoma of Reconnect Sunday School. And so, we, Zach and I were asked to be a part of the student team to travel around Oklahoma and do trainings um, in kind of small rural towns. Uh, they would invite, you know a bunch of the churches in that area or that association to come in. We would do like a, a all-day Saturday training um, where we talked about, you know, recruiting volunteers and building, you know, healthy small group culture and all of these kind of like basics of small group ministry and student ministry. And so, uh, every weekend, Zach and I were kind of out on the road traveling, doing those things. Zach and I were like decent friends at this point, but not like super close. Like we had talked a few times. We knew each other from well back in the day. And, um, and so I wanted to hear about his experience, how it was going for him. And so I was like, Hey Zach, let's, um, let's go grab coffee. We lived about 40 minutes away from each other at the time. And so I I drove to Tulsa, we went and grabbed coffee together and I was like, Hey man, tell me, how's it going for you? Like, what are the things that you're, you know, realizing in this, you know, curriculum stuff that we're doing? What's like hitting home with people? What's, you know, what's really sticking. And we had very similar stories and that we were doing these trainings, they were going well. People seemed to be responding to the content. But then like after the training was over, it was all of these youth pastors, specifically in like small rural towns that were just done, man. Like Mm. they were isolated. They were alone. They were tired. um, They were just frustrated with ministry. Right. It was this like every week grind of, you know, I had 25 kids. It didn't feel like enough. And all of these like just feelings, yeah. And, um, and I, I just I remember Zach and I sitting there going, are, "Are we are we making any difference? Right? Like, are we just training people that want to quit anyways? Right? Um, or want to hang it up? And and like, what is their actual need in this? And that's when we really started thinking. Well, like at that time, Zach and I had some good like in person." Um, networking that we had in our city with other youth pastors we saw the value in that um, this shared experience with other ministers being able to talk about that, collaborate together is always you know a great part of ministry. I've worked on some student ministry team where there were like multiple of us on staff and that was always like one of my favorite things was getting to collaborate having other people in the trenches with you that, that have this same experience and so out of that, Began some conversations of, okay, how do we connect people? Uh, At that time, um, this was before the pandemic. And so not everybody Mm -hmm. and their dog was always on zoom every (laughs) uh, single week. (laughs) Right. And so we were like, let's utilize this. Let's try to connect people at that time, just in the state of Oklahoma with one another that maybe didn't have these networks. And so we started trying to build something um, along those lines. Um, but part of it too, Ben is what Zach and I realized was that we needed this just as much as anyone else, because Mm -hmm. as great as those like in-person, like local networks are, and I am a huge proponent of them. Um, sometimes there's a little bit of the like comparison, right? It's the guy right next door, all of these kind of things that can happen, um, for Zach and I. We both respected each other as ministers, but we really started to like care for one another as followers of Jesus Christ. And out of that, him and I began to have just a great friendship that we got below the surface and we're willing to like challenge each other, spur one another on um, and and not leave. And that's been one of the things that Zach and I have talked a lot about, uh, about a friendship is just the commitment to one another of being willing to, like, disappoint the other person but not leave. And and mm. I think that getting any sort of friendship to that place is really, really important for longevity because it allows you to speak, like, vulnerably with that person uh, and challenge them in ways that is just beyond, like, oh, well, you can do better. Um, I mean, Zach and I, we talk a lot, but more than anything, like – I know that that dude, like, he cares for me. He cares for my family. And he's now been invested long enough to where he can start to see, like, if I'm not spiritually healthy, those kind of things. And so, deep, deep inside of Youth Ministry Booster over the years, our hope is that you begin to develop friendships um, that aren't just there to like network. Um, But we spur one another on because the work that we have in front of us is so stinking important. Um, And we've got to have more and more ministers um, that are protecting themselves um, from fallout and burnout.
0: Man, so it, it essentially is, hey, let's start helping facilitate these kinds of things that we've learned that we need and do for each other. Yeah. Uh, these kinds of relationships are important. And so let's help other people have the space to develop those friendships.
1: Absolutely. Well, and I even think for our team, right? Like us getting, I mean, we experience it like when, you know, when we have victories, we get to celebrate together. Right. Yeah. Um, when times are hard, we also have people to, to come to and, and to spur and challenge each other. And, and, and not everyone has that and, and and so and i'm not just saying like hey the first month of your mastermind group is you're going to have the best <laughs> friends of your life right yeah. um, but i do believe that we've got to build a culture of ministers that are committed to it that are committed to um, the work of student ministry and are willing to be that friend for someone else. I mean, we tell that to students, right? Like we want all of our students in small groups and accountability groups and all these kind of things that we uh, that we challenge them to. But are we living it like I, I don't know how many youth pastors are actually in like good small groups that they're able to be vulnerable with and we need that as much as we preach to our people that they need that yeah and
0: like like one person might be saying well i'm in a small group at my church yeah and man that's awesome I, i think you should be i also believe and i would say this is true for me so i don't want to make the false assumption that it is also true for everyone else so i'll speak for myself only right but the small groups that i was in while i was on staff i still did not feel like i could be 100% vulnerable sure about the things that were going on because those people were in my church and i did not feel like it was like if there people have disagreements and people right. have struggles and so if i am struggling or disagreeing and it's really affecting me with my boss who then is also on staff at the church, it is now inappropriate for me to lead potentially other people to form an opinion about this other staff member at the church, right? Because they're my authority. And so there is a natural built in kind of fence that we just can't cut as deep below the surface as I think we need to. And for some of you that, you're in a place and you've been able to foster those relationships and you, and what I just described is not true of you. You feel that you could share and be anything with anyone at your church. And that's fantastic. One of the phrases that we use a lot is we believe pastors need somebody that knows their context, but isn't in their context. There's something unique about being a youth pastor and sort of speaking the youth pastor language. And when someone's talking to you, you know what they mean and what they're saying. And to not be like you said, Chad, right down the road or across town or even in your church, so that you you can have this sense of, okay, I can go below the surface here. Yeah. There's safety here.
1: Well, and, and I would say too, like one of the feelings that Zach and I had over that cup of coffee was this question that I posed to him is I said, Hey, Zach, we're not the young guys in our state anymore. How, how are we going to pour into some of these younger yeah. guys? And, and I'll just, I'll flat out say it. If you're listening and you feel like you do have healthy relationships and those kind of things, we need you. Like yeah, we need right. you inside of youth ministry booster as well, because of your opportunity to speak into the lives of, of other ministers. Like, that's the culture and the community that we want to build. Like we're not trying to build a thing where like, Hey, come if, if you're really struggling, you know what I mean? Like, yes, you're invited into this. Um, but we don't want you to stay there. We're not trying to build groups that just complain every week and just leave everybody. Well, uh, I'll see you back next month for our gripe about how bad our senior pastor is. No, no. Right. Like we want to push you to go, Hey, like you need to restore that relationship. We want to have healthy ministers, healthy churches, healthy communities, healthy families, all of these kind of things. Um, and we need men and women that are willing and see the value of, of community because we understand the value of the church, and and so that's that's what we want to build. That's what we're um, really striving to do, and we're we're excited about season four, man. Coming back to this ninety, coming back to those core principles, being able to teach that um, every every month, be reminded of that. But one of the cool new elements that I'm excited about too, um, inside of Booster, is going to be some training elements for your volunteer leaders so the stuff that we're going to be talking about in mastermind groups we're also going to be providing resources um, for you to be able to begin to teach those elements to your volunteer leaders which i think is going to be uh, kind of that next level of training and care that we're not just like grabbing things off the shelf but it's things that God is doing in our own heart. And then we're able to then begin to to share that with our volunteer leaders that I'm super excited about.
0: I'm excited about that too. And it is a needed piece, a needed aspect of student ministry that we get asked about all the time. I mean, it is still one of the main things that people ask to talk about and ask to receive training on resources on. So as a part of booster, that's another thing that, that will be be resourced, Chad. It was so well said what you what you mentioned a minute ago, and that these groups are not meant to be just a let's come in and and gripe to each other every week, but that we're yeah. th- that is, if that's what you're walking through, there's room, but we also want to move you from that, move you yeah. forward, help you walk through those situations among those people. It's also you mentioned this too. It's not just for new people in student ministry. If you are somebody who has been in it a long time, this is your opportunity to come pour into other people. Yep. Also, just because you've been in it a long time, doesn't mean you don't need relationships with people that are also in it. And I think that's sometimes what happens is that we get familiar with the how to do student ministry. And we kind of just go through the motions with it. And we don't think we need things like this. Mm-hmm. But again, what we're proposing to you is that you don't need this just for ministry you need it for you Yep. whether you've been in it a long time or not so that's where we're headed with youth ministry booster this this year you can find out more at youth com. season four registration is open right now producer nathan chad i have a couple more questions for you in the spirit of where we're headed with this throwback kind of situation yeah. uh, nathan i'm gonna ask you to reveal your age when were what year were you born 84 so i graduated okay. in 02
2: okay so i felt so like you, i still graduated in the 90s late 90s
0: yes but you spent like some formidable years oh yeah in the '90s, so I, I graduated in in '96, like I mentioned earlier. Chad, what about you?
1: I'm I'm the same as Nathan. I'm an '84 baby. So I want to know. Let's start
0: here. '90s TV shows. Mm. Your top, your top ones. What comes when you think of '90s TV? What do you think of? You're coming home after school. It's 3.30. Nathan, you're in eighth grade. It's like, what are you coming home and watching? That's right. I think for me, it definitely Fresh Prince of
2: Bel-Air. It was that. And it was some Boy Meets World, but maybe the most of them, all, of all of it, was Family Matters. That's the show we can, seem to always watch. Urkel? Like, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. That whole storyline from Urkel to Urkel. <laughs>
1: Steph- Stephon, Stefan Urkel.
0: <laughs> that's right. So, yep. Genius.
1: So, Ch- Chad, what about you? Okay, so... When I think of the 90s, even though I didn't watch this show back then, when I think of the 90s, I think of Seinfeld and Friends.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, those are the two shows that like I think about. There were, uh, there were other shows, though, that like I would say are my favorite. So, And I know that this show is not just the 90s, but I think the 90s were the best years. And that's SNL. The SNL '90s cast of like Will Ferrell, Farley, Dana Carvey, like that whole crew was so
0: good. Yeah, that was. It was good. I we watched. Gosh, we watched the Billy Madison movie. Adam Sandler, who was a part of all that that SNL crew, we must have watched that movie a (laughs) hundred times. It came out mid '90s, and we watched. We wore it out for me. I think of A Team, the A Team show. Mm. Uh, MacGyver is another one I think yeah. of. Uh, watched a lot of Saved by the Bell that I mentioned earlier. That was like the after school. That was the after school. So my, uh, I can remember my after school routine. I'd get home, frozen bean burritos in the microwave, and Doritos, nacho cheese chips, and Saved by the Bell. We had nice. we had a con- or. Sometimes the burritos would be subbed out for microwave chicken strips. Always nacho cheese Doritos, though.
1: You went microwave chicken strips?
0: Just rubbery? (laughs) The 90s was all about the microwave. That's That's right. That was its heyday. It's like the air fryer of yesteryear. Everybody was all about
1: it. I I do feel like we need to pay respect to one show that is important to mention. Um, Walker, Texas Ranger.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, a lot of
1: that <laughs> just so that Chuck Norris doesn't come after us. Like, we've got to make sure that we mention that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So here's another one. Nineties baseball. Some would argue was the greatest decade of baseball that we have that we have yeah. seen. Do you have top players? Like if you were to field a team of nineties baseball players, <sighs> where do you where do you start? Tom Glavin. Okay, that is a... I'm just uh, list
2: all of what was the Braves players <laughs> from the World Series in the 90s that they won. That's my whole roster, just those guys.
0: <laughs> just the Braves team. I don't know if I... I Like the whole team, definitely Glavin, right? Yeah. I would have to go Dave Stewart from the Oakland Ace, starting pitcher, as, as one of the... Like if you're building a roster. I,
1: I don't know that he's my number one bid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you go wade boggs is what you throw him to throw him out there too
1: uh if i'm going third baseman i'm going cal ripkin yeah okay so i'm going center field is ken griffey jr okay left field barry bonds uh first base frank thomas uh, over mcguire uh, are we talking are we talking like juiced up mcguire skinny mcguire i mean we're gonna <laughs> <laughs> i mean i think skinny mcguire won i mean i guess i'm year. choosing barry bonds juan gonzalez is my catcher or not I mean, okay. Pedro. there are just there were so many good 90s baseball players
0: Was he a didn't good play
1: for long but like bo jackson's my like favorite i guess he's 80s though right uh um, he would have been
0: uh, I think he would have made early it into the early
1: 90s. Early 90s. That what? guy's a legend. If he wouldn't have gotten hurt, like I think you would, we would still be telling stories about Bo Jackson.
0: No, for sure we would be, without a doubt.
2: One more question. Best 90s computer games.
0: Oh, gosh. I think I have to go Duke Nukem.
2: Duke Nukem. There you go. I was going to go <laughs> Age of Empires. And then all of the Star Wars stuff that came out in the 90s, like TIE Fighter, X-Men. Oh, TIE Fighter
0: was such a good game. So good. Sim City came out then, too. Mm. Anyway. Sim City was, I remember it being really hard back then. Like, it was one of those that you, like, it was just a grind. TIE Fighter, though. The, the X Wing and that they had both. They had the X Wing yep, game did. and the TIE Fighter game. And it was like one of the first ones I remember, like you actually getting to pilot something. And yep,
2: I was like, It was, oh, this is unbelievable. Yeah,
0: fantastic.
2: I had yeah, Duke, Duke Nukem,
1: Nukem, man. I had Duke Nukem hidden on my computer. My, my <laughs> mom did find out <laughs> that I was playing well, Duke Nukem.
0: Listen, there was some questionable content in Duke Nukem, like the original. Uh, But we put, man, we played it a lot. It was back in the days of like, you can hook all of your computers together and Mm -hmm. sit in the same, like this was before internet gaming. So you had to actually like cart your computer somewhere, be in the same room and connect via local area network and, and play. And just making that sound when it
1: started up. Mm -hmm. It was so much fun.
0: Remember starting games from the DOS prompt? Yes, I do. <laughs> it's the Oregon Trail. That's going, oh yes. You're trying not to get dysentery while That's you're right. traveling seventh grade to-
2: computer class. Can you get to Oregon by the time uh, the class is over? Yeah, dude.
1: You're just flying <laughs> oh, yeah. through there. Here's the deal though. I'm gonna sit and hunting and I'm gonna kill about eighty thousand pounds of buffalo. That's all I'm doing.
0: <laughs> just yeah. card it up. <laughs> take it with you. Well, there are no doubts memories. Uh, from the nineties. I hope that you have. I hope that you will leave this podcast trying to think of nineties baseball, nineties computer games. But most importantly, I hope you leave considering joining the amazing network of youth pastors that we have at Youth Ministry Booster. You can find out more at youthministrybooster.com. We really believe in this because we believe in you and we want to be a part of you leading an effective student ministry. You being a healthy person, healthy follower of Christ, healthy youth pastor, we wanna we wanna help you in those ways. So, youth ministry booster is the place, and one of the ways that we can do that. So, join up. Season four is on the way. youthmysterybooster.com. dot com. This has been another episode of the Youth Ministry Podcast by Lifeway. We'll see you next time.